Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Why don't you meet me in the gospel of Luke chapter 16, verse 10 and 11. And we're going to receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord and God's blessing is going to continue to be increasing upon your life. Verse 10, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Now, when you study finances in the Bible, in God's word, you see that wealth is viewed by God as an entrustment and not as an achievement. Now in the world, if you don't know God and you just accumulate a lot of money, maybe millions or even billions of dollars, that is viewed in the eyes of the world and celebrated as an achievement. But wealth in the eyes of God is actually an entrustment and it's not to be viewed as an achievement. And God's wealth that he has for you is only available to those who God can trust. So if God can trust you to use money where you have proven trustworthy and you're not viewing it as an achievement, then God sees you as a great candidate to be blessed. Praise God. Your prosperity in God's eyes is not defined by how much you have, but rather by how much you give. Now, again, in the world, wealth is celebrated by how much you have, and it's never celebrated by how much you give because most of those that have it hoard it. Now, there are some that are uh, what you would call very, very wealthy, and they may give, but did you ever notice they never give to the church? They give, because they don't know the Lord, they give to uh, programs that uh, help to kill babies. They give the programs that actually help to depopulate humanity. They give, but they, they and also sometimes when they're giving, they're giving to these organizations so that those organizations, uh, which, uh, you know, can be in attack mode if you don't agree with their ideology, they give to those organizations so that they're left alone and they can do what they can do and also be celebrated. But my friends, your prosperity is not defined by how much you have, but rather how much you give. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, why is that? Because you are blessed by God to do what? To be a blessing, not just to consume it all upon yourself or hoard it up, but rather to be a blessing. And God will not bless you beyond your commitment to be a blessing. Wow. I need to say that again. It's so, it's so powerful. God will not bless you beyond your commitment to be a blessing. Woo. Something's breaking loose in somebody's understanding right now. I want to go a little bit further with this. God will not bless you beyond what you are willing to discharge. Wow. Think about it for a moment. I've been around horses before horses. When they eat 
uh, grass or oats or hay or whatever, eventually, because of the nature of, of the body, they have to discharge. They have to release waste. I had a neighbor uh, one time. He had two horses, and he said, he said, Pastor Stephen, you wouldn't believe how much manure a horse can produce. Well, he found out because he's got to go out there and shovel it. Eventually, he hired somebody to do it, <laughs> which also is a revelation in itself that owning horses in the modern-day world can be quite expensive. But wow, they can really uh, put out a lot of manure. The same with cows. And I grew up on a farm as a young boy, and we had, we had some horses, we had cows, but wow, the cows can really uh, give a lot of discharge. And they have to. Why? Because if you're taking in, you have to do what in order to stay healthy? Well, Pastor Stephen, you have to hold it all in. No, you'll get sick and you'll die. You'll start to turn a wrong color. You'll start to get toxic on the inside. You have to discharge. What about an elephant? An elephant will outdo a horse and a cow put together. When they release, when they discharge, which by the way is healthy, you have to, or you become sick. But when an elephant releases uh, that is organic material that goes back into the earth that has been proven to be greatly beneficial to the, um, the ecosystem of which they live in. My friends, if an elephant does not release, now remember, he's taking in a lot. You could call the elephant the multimillionaire. You could call the elephant perhaps even the billionaire. But when an elephant is taking in a lot, if he is not discharging a lot, he'll die just like a horse or cow that would not discharge. But yet somehow, somehow we think that we could take in a lot and maybe give God a little tip and then that we're going to move along and be just fine. No. My friends, it doesn't work like that. Wealth is not an achievement. Wealth is an entrustment. Can God trust you to give the tithe off of a million dollars? Well, Pastor Stephen, I'll tithe off a hundred. That's $10. But I don't know about a million. I mean, God understands I could just give uh, $5,000 and then God will pat me on the back and everything's good. No, that's not an entrustment. An entrustment is that you're faithful with, with being a steward over what God wants to flow through you. But if you shut it all down and think that you can hold it in without discharging, which is the natural course of life, then you'll find out this, this not only violates natural principles, but also certainly spiritual laws as well. You are blessed to be a blessing. And again, God will not bless you beyond your commitment to be a blessing. So you need to be committed in your heart that God can flow a lot through you. And at the very base minimum, he's at least getting the tithe because the tithe belongs to him. Would you pay the tithe off of a million dollars? Well, if there's any hesitancy, if there's any hesitancy, then you need to go back and get reestablished in these areas of understanding that you are a steward and that money is not about just trying to be some kind of an achievement. No, it's about being entrusted. You're trustworthy. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust to true riches? It is the time of the church for the true riches, the full expression of God's glory beginning to shine and be revealed to the earth through the church. Praise God. 
but you must commit in your heart, God, I want to be a blessing. And you must visualize the scope of blessing that you want to be, and then allow the Lord to flow through you. Woo, praise God. Amen. I see great things being accomplished through you for God's glory. Hallelujah. I see you as a pipeline that the Lord can flow great resources through. And yes, some of that is for you, but it'll be so much that you won't even need it. And you'll be taking the lion's share and giving it to the lion of the tribe of Judah. You'll be giving it to the Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And you need to have a heart that thanks like this. Praise God. Now, having shared this, let us now bring the Lord's portion into the storehouse. That's the tithe, okay? Let's bring it into the storehouse. And if you want to mail in your tithes and offerings, if you prefer to mail them in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717. Moravian Falls, North Carolina, the zip code is 28654. Now, if you want to bring your tithes and offerings in online, you could do so literally from anywhere in the world as long as you can get on the internet and have a smartphone, laptop, or computer, whatever it might be. Okay, so go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link at the top. It's, it's a header. It says online giving or give, give online. Just click that, okay? And it'll take you to a, a page, and you'll see a, a, these words, F-U-N-D, fund click that, there's a little drop down menu. And there's the section for the tithe. There's the section for the offering. And let me share right now that this message that you're watching as I'm talking to you, I recorded this the day before I left for Israel. So actually right now in real time, I'm walking around Israel right now. And you know, Acts 10:38 talks about how Jesus went about doing good and healing. Now we know about his dynamic healing ministry, but he also just in the course of his ministry, he would go about and he would go about doing good. So my friends, if you would like to give a special offering so that as my wife and I are walking around Israel, now we're leading the tour, but we have our free time where we have that ability to be led of the spirit to step into somebody's life that has a need and be a blessing. If you would like to touch a needy person, an Israeli, you could do that through me while I'm walking around Israel. Maybe you want to give an offering, maybe $25. Maybe somebody uh, has an old wore out pair of shoes and they've never felt the love of God or had somebody do something like that. And I could just walk up and say, Hey, there's a shoe store right there. You need a pair of new shoes. <laughs> Come on in and talk to them about the Lord while they're trying on a pair that fits. Okay. Praise God. So maybe you could do $25, maybe something more. Um, so, but first bring the tithe in the tithe belongs to the Lord. And then if you want to give an offering just, uh, for, for an offering note, just write Israel blessing. After all, God promised Abraham, anybody that blesses you, I'm going to bless. Okay. So we are tied into that Abrahamic blessing by being in Christ. And we have the modern day nation of Israel and the people of Israel. And I'm walking around there right now. Praise God. And so my wife and I, we always like to be a blessing, but through our partners and our online church members, we can be a greater blessing. I could, I could pull a whole family in say, Hey, let's go. There's a mall right there. Come on. Let's get you some school clothes or whatever it might be. 
Praise God. That's the love of Jesus in action. Amen. Hey, don't think just because Israel is a modern day nation and you look at the pictures of Tel Aviv and you think, wow, skyscrapers and uh, wow, beautiful hotels and all of this. I don't think there's not needy people. They're all over the place. They're all over the place. And my wife and I, we flow with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if, if you want to kind of be like Jesus who went around Israel doing good, Come on, you can do that through me, praise God, and we'll use it to be a blessing. We'll pour out, okay, to be a blessing to those that need a touch of God's love. Amen. Thank you for doing that. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people as they're honoring you and worshiping you and showing their respect and love to you through their tithe. Father, I pray that you bless their tithe. I pray you bless their offering. Multiply every seed they sow back to them. And Father God, just pour it through them. Father, there's some people that are watching me. They're your people. They're open pipelines. Father, and they've been proven by you. They've been tested. Now pour it through them, oh God. They'll give you the tithe. Amen. Father, they'll give you, they'll give you an offering on top of the tithe. Hallelujah. And Father, the offering might be 30% because they are extravagant givers. They are extravagant lovers of you. So Father, bless them really, really good. Now we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name, and we say Amen. Amen. And thank you also for being such a blessing because God's going to bless you really good. Amen. Don't ever forget that the Bible, 66 books were all, every book was written by a Jewish man. You had, you had 12 apostles. They're all Jewish. You, ha you have the savior of the world. He's Jewish. Amen. So there is a debt in a sense that Paul talked about that we owe them because now we're on the end. And so many of them, although they have a covenant of blessing, they don't have a covenant of eternal salvation. That only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So as I'm walking around Israel, I want to be a blessing. Amen. And you know, it's actually against the law to evangelize in Israel. I'm not sure if some of you knew that you can get in big trouble for doing that, but Hey, that the love of God just exudes out the love of Jesus. Hey, you, you, you can be a written epistle. You don't even have to stand up and say, now John three sixteen says they, they know, they know. Amen. Let's let them feel it too. Amen. Thank you for being a blessing. Amen. We're going around together doing good. Praise God. Mm -mm. With one, it's just a voice, but when we combine, we're a force. Woo, praise God. All right, hallelujah. Now, let's jump into today's message. Praise the Lord. I want to talk today about relaxing, relaxing in your faith. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, as we go into this message, I pray that your Holy Spirit will help your people to understand that balance, the balance of prayer, the balance of action, the balance of forward movement, but also the balance of just quiet confidence. Now we thank you that your Holy Spirit move in Jesus name. And we all say, amen. Let me begin today by saying that prayer, when you get into the spirit of prayer and you cover you know, uh, the needs and you, you pray for your, your, your leaders and things like that. And please pray for me also and my, my family. Amen. Thank you. My friends, prayer brings a soothing peace 
into your life. It brings the aroma of heaven and you feel happy and good on the inside. And you come up out of your prayer time with that wonderful sense of knowing God's got it. God's heard your prayer and God's going to answer. Amen. But here is the thing. After you've prayed, you still, uh, while you walk out of your prayer time, you still have to continue to stand in faith that God really does have it because you could walk right out of your prayer time and walk into adverse winds or negative circumstances that would try to, um, uh, fracture through this phenomenal shield of glory and protection that comes around you as you pray. So even with prayer, you, it's still, we know in the scripture that Paul said, the just shall live by faith. So you, you get prayed up, but even after you're prayed up, you still walk in faith. You're staying in faith because I've seen people pray. And then like, uh, uh, like an hour later, maybe even 30 minutes later, they're shaken by something and they're like, we need to pray. I'm like, well, hold on just a minute. We just prayed. <laughs> We've already prayed and we're not going to go back and pray again. We're going to stand in faith. We, we can't be praying all, all day. We got to go to work now. Okay. And you, there's a place where you also stand. Amen. Praise God. I remember back in the 1990s, uh, reading a book by Dr. Larry Lee on prayer. And, uh, he caught that spirit of prayer and, uh, so, uh, you know, he got to meet Dr. Cho from South Korea, formed a good friendship and relationship because Dr. Cho was really the one that would be like the, like a spiritual kind of like grandfather who released, um, an understanding of the power of prayer, particularly based around praying the Lord's prayer. And so that was, that revelation was released to America. Well, some, uh, some associate pastors from Yoido full gospel church there in Seoul, Korea, they, uh, under Dr. Cho, they came to visit Dr. Larry Lee's church there in, uh, Rockwall, Texas. And they came and uh, showed up for the church service. And Dr. Lee, he said, he, uh, he greeted them and met them and said, uh, gentlemen, would you like to go into a side room to pray or anything before the service? And yeah, you know, kind of pray towards the meeting. They said, Oh no, we're ready for the service. He said, you don't need to pray. They said, Oh, we've already each, we got up this morning. We've already prayed for three hours. We're ready. We're ready to go. <laughs> All right. See, do, do you see what I'm saying? There is a point when you're prayed up, you're prayed up and you, and now you just go praise the Lord. But when you go, how do you go? You go in faith. Hey, this is going to be a great meeting. We've already prayed. Let's roll. We want to hear some praise and worship. We want to hear you do some good preaching, whatever it might be. Let's go. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So let's talk further about this because I want to, I want to help you with your faith today because as powerful as faith is, it can be vulnerable to wrong attitudes, particularly these attitudes would be anxiety and impatience. Now I know that when you pray, it really helps to suppress and put out any fires of anxiety, but it is possible, uh, particularly for younger believers to come right out of a really good prayer time. And then, uh, because some things are long-term projects or short-term projects and your prayers while they're effective. It's not like God says, okay, answer every single prayer tonight and everything changes the next day radically. 
Well, you can have breakthrough days. You do have miracle, uh, miracle moments. And uh, you do have seasons where everything is breaking forth in a beautiful way. But at the same time, you have to walk it out. So you could have tremendous prayer time. But as you're moving forward, you could still be uh, going uphill or paddling upstream, as we would say. And it's times like that that perhaps attitudes uh, would try to pop in, uh, particularly anxiety or impatience. So anxiety is born out of unbelief. And it's very dangerous because it will rob the believer of not just some promises. I'm telling you, anxiety can rob you of every single blessing of God, every promise of God, because uh, it's rooted, again, in unbelief. Now, impatience is wanting to receive the promise earlier than the divinely appointed time. Woo! Hallelujah! Now, there is a time, and you're going to get it. It's going to happen. It could be today. It could be next week. Um, but it is going to happen. So we don't want to be impatient. Again, impatience is wanting to receive the promise earlier than the divinely appointed time. Look at this with me, please, in Psalm 46. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Did you ever stop to think that knowing is a product of stillness? And this is fascinating because when you get still, when you become calm and get quiet, not just physically, but more importantly with your mind, when you become still is actually when you begin to start knowing some things. So you could actually begin to pick up on the timing of when the manifestation will be. Woo, praise God. But again, that knowing comes out of what? It comes out of stillness. Be still and know that I am God. Praise God. If I ever misplace something and I can't find it, um, I, I had something happen to me the other day. And uh, it's, it's very, very rare if I ever misplace something, keys or anything like that, ultra rare. But the other day, uh, Kelly and I went into a, it was like a very, very large sporting goods store. And the inside of the store was maybe, you know, maybe like 20,000 square feet. And honestly, I kind of walked all over the store and um, looked around here, looked around there. In the process of while walking around, uh, there, were, there were some shoes that were for sale, but they weren't in the shoe section. So it was kind of weird, but these shoes that were for sale, I actually saw a pair that I thought that might be interesting. I think I might try those, that pair on, but because they were not in the shoe section, there was nowhere to sit down. There was not like a bench. You could sit down and take your shoes off and put these on. So, uh, since there was nowhere to sit down, I just grabbed those shoes that were on this little rack and I just, uh, kind of sat down on the floor and I took my shoes off and, uh, you know, I was carrying my phone and, and so I just set my phone down. 
and put those shoes on, stood up, tried them on, walked around on them and stuff like that. And I thought, ah, oh, these aren't very comfortable. They look, they look comfy, but uh, these are fake comfort. <laughs> so I took them back off, put them back on the rack, uh, put my, my, my normal shoes back on, and just kept looking around the store. And walked all over this 20,000 probably plus square foot store. And the funny thing was I didn't even buy anything, didn't really see anything I connected with. So I went back out in my truck. I'm out there in the truck with my wife, and I'm about to drive off. And I said, wait, I said, wait a minute, Kelly. Um, I said, where's my phone? <laughs> uh, I said, what did I do with my phone? And so she said, well, let me call it. And so she dials it, and so it's not in the truck. I said, well, I know it's not here because I, I think I had it inside. But I, I couldn't remember. Now, I had a lot going on with my mind that day, just like you do every day. You know, you're, you're thinking about this. I've got these emails to answer. I've got this. I've got to complete this. I've got to do that. And uh, so, you're, you know, you have a schedule, got all this. And I, couldn't, I could not remember what I did with my phone. And Kelly said, what do you think is that? I said, I have no idea. We went all through that store. I, I don't know where it's at. Maybe I set it down somewhere. And I said, let me just sit here for a few minutes and think. And so I just sat there quietly. I didn't even pray in the spirit. I just sat there kind of quietly. And I thought, and I just kind of thought, Lord, I worshiped you. I, I, I worship you. I praise you. Just kind of slowed down, slowed down, slowed down. And then instantly I saw it in my mind sitting back there. Right, I, I had put it on the floor and then I had leaned it against like a steel beam because uh, I, I thought, well, if I'm going to walk around through these shoes, I'll just sit it over here. And I said, Kelly, I know exactly where it's at. It's in that place where I tried those shoes on where there was no bench. I actually sat it on the floor. She's like, well, let's, let's go in there and trust God. It's still there. I said, yes, because you know, it's, it's a nice iPhone. So I, w I went in there, walked in there, walked all the way back there, and there it was, sitting right there where I'd left it at. Woo, praise God. But see, knowing comes out of what? Comes out of stillness. Comes out of stillness. That's why sometimes you wake up maybe in the middle of the night and you remember something important. Why? Your mind is real, real calm and peaceful. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So if I ever misplace something, I get still. Um, because remembrance or knowing comes out of stillness. Praise God. Now, of course, the challenge there is to get still. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit will help you. And particularly, it's a lot easier if you just maintain that, that, that serenity. Now, you get busy, but you want to maintain that inward glow, okay? Praise God. And that way, if you have to get more quiet, you can, you can just move into that easier. Praise God. So, there is a price to pay for anxiety and impatience. Now, you might be able to get away with it for a while, but if you don't deal with that, uh, it could pop up at a time in your life where it proves costly. Maybe it's something that would build and build. So anxiety and impatience could prove to be uh, costly. I do think that we need to consider King Saul because through a fit of impatience, he committed an act that that warped his destiny. Let's take a look at it. Now, you're not going to have any destiny blunders, but we do need to see these things because they are here for our example. First Samuel chapter 10. Woo. I'm just, I can't help but think of a lady. This was maybe two years ago. She was, she was, um, I think she was like a, the vice president of the school. This was a, um, I think it was like an elementary school 
And uh, she was like, they called her like the superwoman of the school. She would get, get all this stuff done. Just run, 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 run. Go, 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 go. And one day while she uh, was at work, go, 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 go. One of the teachers uh, from the school ran inside screaming and said, there's two little kids locked in the car. And it was, you know, full-blown heat, like 105 degrees outside. By the time uh, they got there and, you know, and got the doors open, the children had died. They were the two children of the lady that was go, 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 go all the time. She had got so caught up uh, that she forgot. Now, don't ask me how you forget, because I can't even comprehend that. But she had forgotten that the, the two children, she didn't take them to class. She got busy. As soon as she got out of the car, somebody grabbed her attention. She was just going to run, come right back. She forgot the two, her own two children, and they died in that heat. And, you know, it was like 150 degrees inside the car. And, of course, she went to prison for that. Um, but you got to be very, very careful with these areas of anxiety and impatience. First Samuel chapter 10, verse 8. Samuel the prophet spoke to the king, You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely, not maybe, you know, no, surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. Okay. Simple instruction. That's all you got to do is hold out and wait for seven days. I will be there. And not only that, but Samuel, he can be involved in these sacrifices and these offerings, but Saul technically cannot. Okay. Now first Samuel chapter 13, let's just turn over a few pages. Verse five. Then the Philistines gathered together the fight with Israel. And of course, Saul would be the king. 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and people as the sand, which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and encamped in Michmash to the east of beth -Avon. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves, in thickets, in rocks, in holes, and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. Then he waited seven days. I mean, every day must have been total agony. You know, he's just like, hurry up, hurry up. We need God on the scene. Where's the prophet? Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And the people were scattered from him. Wow. War, the theater of war, is something that in the training of soldiers, the trainers try to simulate war just as much as possible with shock and sounds and chaotic events. Why? Because that's what war is. Even with the best structure, Sometimes even friendly fire takes place, and without even knowing it, the ones on the same uh, team are even killing each other. But my friends, uh, this is what's going on. They're, they're on the battlefield. They're outnumbered. This stress, this pressure, yeah, and people are just forsaking uh, Saul left and right. So he's under tremendous distress. So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me, 
and he offered the burnt offering. Now what happened, as it always does, because God's the one watching, God is the one working here in this situation. Now it happened as soon as he had finished, and that's not a coincidence. As soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? Mm, wow. My friends, the reality is that Saul's potential dynasty, it's already finished in a sense before it ever have, has a chance to really even begin. Now he's going to go ahead with this kingship and he's going to go ahead and run this thing out, but it's already over. God's already working with the next man that God is already planning on putting in as the next king. God has now turned his attention completely to a shepherd boy named David. Wow. Verse 13, and Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. Please be careful with anxiety and impatience. It is a setup by the enemy to it. Maybe he'll let you not. He maybe won't, he won't hit you up front, but if you keep yielding to it, he'll set you up to do something that in the eyes of God would be considered very foolish. My friends, faith cannot be rushed. Neither can you take faith and shove it into a microwave and try to make it produce for you. Slow down, please slow down and walk in cadence with the Holy spirit. Don't let others or their words try to push you into something where the timing is not yet right. Well, you should have had that built by now. Hey, maybe you think so, but I'm just fine with the Lord. Everything's fine with the Lord. And I don't have any problems. Uh, I mean, we, we have our challenges, but everything's working the way it's supposed to be. I am not going to try to drive a square peg through a round hole just to make somebody else happy who doesn't even really, you know, care really the bottom line. Amen. Watch out for those things. Watch out for impatient people who would try to put their impatience over on you. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 10. Amen. Verse 36. For you have need of patience so that after you have done the will of God, after you've had your tremendous prayer time, after you've had your deep devotional Bible study, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Praise the Lord. Let me read this to you from the Amplified Bible. For you have need of patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising, so that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Praise God. I rejoice with Dr. Jerry Savelle, who I think it was last year, got his Falcon 50 intercontinental jet. I tell you what, he was in faith for that. I think, I think if I'm correct for probably about 20 years, believing God for that jet. And he said at one point, uh, you know, he, cause he had a picture of it on an easel and he kept that big picture in his office and he would always, always look at it. But he said one day after some years had gone by after quite a few years, he took that and just put it away. He put it in his closet and thought, well, maybe, 
you know, at this stage of my life, maybe it's not going to happen. But you know what? The Lord spoke to his heart and said, basically, I'll still do it for you, but you've got to stay in faith. You have to still stay on it. And you know what? When he bought that jet, he actually told the, the seller, he said, what's your price? I'll pay your full asking price. I mean, it was and it shocked, <laughs> you know, the agent, the agent said, you'll, 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 you won't even argue over the price. He goes, no, what's your price? I'll pay it. I mean, everything was so beautiful, even, you know, cause there's different ones that are for sale, but the one that he purchased, it wasn't even on the market. And he found out by it, as we would say through the grapevine. And, uh, I'm so happy for him. Praise God. But he hung in there. Praise God. You need to hang in there for your dream also and walk in patience. You're going to get everything God has promised you and you're going to get it right on divine timing. Just, just don't get rushed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now from Hebrews 10 verse 36, we see that faith needs to be tried in order for it to to grow. If look, if we got everything overnight, if we got everything just because we had a really good prayer session, our faith really wouldn't develop the way that God wants it to. And uh, strong faith is something in the eyes of God that is so precious and valuable. So it is through these trials or these times of endurance that patience is really cultivated in our lives. Patience actually allows you to get to know God through something that's irreplaceable, personal experience. Woo, praise God. And really, that's the only way that you can have some of these, what I would call your own really unique testimonies. Amen. Patience allows you to get to know God by personal experience. Now, your testimonies can become your own personal stepping stones upon which you believe God for greater things in your life. And that's what's neat. You actually have your own because you were patient, you endured, you stuck with it and boom, God stepped in, but he came in at the right time and you were there. You never gave up. You didn't quit. You're still in it. Praise God. Look, I want you to relax today. Relax, relax with your faith. Your faith is working. Woo, praise the Lord. Your prayers are heard by God. God's working. Now, oftentimes the angels are doing all of this behind the scenes, but I'm telling you, God's, God is working in your life in a major way. Stay with him. Stay with him and relax and enjoy. Not only the manifestation, enjoy the process. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The patient, relaxed believer is able to embrace the Abrahamic mentality. Look at this in Romans chapter four. Wow. Do I like this? And this, uh, by the way, is a, a heavy duty faith chapter Romans four, verse 21 and being fully convinced, fully convinced that's speaking of Abraham being fully convinced that what he, that would be God had promised. He was also able to perform. Wow. But that's a relaxed faith. I mean, you just become convinced and because you are, and you know, it's going to happen in divine timing. You just go with that flow now and you're in that place of trusting 
and deep confidence in the Lord. Even, watch this, even against overwhelming odds, God's promise to you will be fulfilled. Amen. Praise God. When we are relaxed, we are anxiety-free. Woo! Praise the Lord. And I tell you what, that's something that not a lot of people have today. Mm-mm. Very quickly, Exodus chapter 14, verse 14. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Mm. Hold your peace. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 30. Praise the Lord. I've always enjoyed this one. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved in quietness and confidence shall be your strength, quietness and confidence. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory to God. For your faith to work effectively, you need to relax. Even as you look out for the manifestation of the thing upon which you are exercising your faith. Yes, have that expectancy, but you're relaxed. And that's something that the Holy Spirit will help you to be balanced in. It is a relaxed faith, and at the same time, you have an expectancy. Mm-mm. In the faith mood of being relaxed and calm, you are now positioned to catch the still, small voice of God. And that's the thing about Elijah the prophet, when he was in a sense, we could say praying, but really he's pouring out his complaint to the Lord. And he's, he's very um, much arguing with God about the negative, and he's amplifying the negative to the Lord. And in that place of what we could actually call complaining, he's still left without an answer. But later, as he was in that cave, retreated and slowed down, and in a quiet state, that is when he heard the still, small voice. And by the way, the still, small voice brought the solution to the problem. But you can't get that uh, with anxiety and all of this uh, pressure. You cannot pick up the still, small voice. You must calm down. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Be careful. When fatigue walks in, faith can walk out. When fatigue walks in, it's not the time to try to make your confession. It's not the time to take the bowl. Look, that's the time just kind of get quiet. Just relax and say, I need to get some sleep. I need to get a good meal. Really, that's what Elijah the prophet needed. He needed some sleep. He needed a good meal. He needed a mini vacation. God gave it to him. Amen. But you need to recognize that instead of just push, push, push. Take those breaks. Take those rest. Praise God. There are some days that four or five o'clock in the afternoon, I'm kind of like done. Why, Pastor Stephen? Well, I'll, I'll continue on and I can do basic stuff, but I'm not going to really do technical stuff. Why? Because if I've been up since 3.30 in the morning, I'm done, okay? And by nine o'clock at night, I'm really done. And so, uh, Pastor Stephen, I need, a, I need some deep counseling at nine. Uh, uh, may the Lord bless you. I, I'm, I'm done. Praise God. I am out. I'm out physically. I'm exhausted. I'm depleted. And there's a point you realize you're not bionic. 
You're not Superman. You do need sleep. And he, even Jesus got tired, even on the boat crossing the Sea of Galilee. He went and took a nap. Why? He was tired. When he sat down with the woman at the well, he was tired. It says he was fatigued. Praise the Lord. So take those breaks. Take those restorative moments that God gives to you and relax. You're going to get there. The miracle's going to happen for you. It's not by might nor by power. It's by the Holy Spirit. Take the breaks. Sit at the table of blessing and enjoy yourself. Amen. Father, I pray for your people today that any form of anxiety, any form of um, even overactivity, that there be a stillness because they need your peace. Father, we thank you. You instilled the feast of the Lord so that we could go away and take a break. We thank you, Father God. We thank you. We give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit helping us. We thank you today for relaxed faith in Jesus' name. Say, I receive. Amen. Say, I receive relaxed faith. Praise God. That's strong faith, but it's relaxed. Amen. Praise God. If you're watching today's message and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can know him right now. All you have to do is call upon his name and I'll lead you in prayer. He'll save you from your sins and he'll give you his new life. Now, if you used to be a Christian and you're somehow ended up watching this message today, but you've fallen away from God and your life with God is not right. My friends, the the false teaching of once saved, always saved is incorrect. Now, uh, the Lord doesn't want to lose you. And I'm standing here today as an under shepherd of the great shepherd. And I'm appealing to you in the name of the Lord. Come back to God. Come back to Jesus right now. He'll wash all your sins away. He'll get you out of the mess that perhaps you're even tangled up in. But you must come back to him. Pray with me also. Okay. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for me and that you were raised from the dead on the third day. Jesus, you paid the penalty for all of my sins. So right now I invite you into my heart, step into my life, wash all of my sins away. Jesus, I give my life completely to you. Write my name in your book of life and step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for restoring me. I give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome. Welcome to the family of God. And for those of you that just came back, welcome back to the household of faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to the Lord. Let us take Holy Communion today. Please grab some unleavened bread. And grab some grape juice. And if you are a Christian, you can take communion with us together around the world. We're taking communion. Let's take communion together. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it through this prayer. And we set it apart as holy. And we thank you that this is the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you for relaxed faith. We thank you for deep confidence and trust in you. 
And Father, we just give you all of the praise. We're feeding on Christ. We're feeding on his word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the Lord's body together. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all sin. Father, we thank you that faith works by love. If there's anybody that we would have ought against, anybody that we would have maybe like a grudge against, we absolutely completely forgive them completely. We forgive them and we bless them. And we continue to move on with you. We thank you for a clear conscience between with you and with anybody on the planet earth <laughs> or anybody that's even passed away. Well, clean conscience, we hold no unforgiveness against anyone. We hold no unforgiveness against any nation, against any government, against any political leader, against anybody. We hold no unforgiveness against anyone. We thank you, Father, that just as you have forgiven us, so we also forgive others. Father, we thank you. We receive the blood of Jesus. We thank you for miracles that you're doing in our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive together. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm not sure if you have Instagram, but our ministry does have an Instagram account. And we're posting, uh, you know, things about our trips and things about our meetings. Of course, if you want to see some of the things we're doing in Israel, check out our Instagram uh, page, praise God. Now, you got to be careful with Instagram, right? There's a lot of uh, yucky stuff. But just like YouTube, right? You have to filter, use wisdom, protect your eyes, protect your ears. But we are on Instagram so uh, if you want to see some of the things, you can jump over there as well. We'll try to get a few more things up on YouTube as well. But thank you for joining me today. And I'll be back in just a few more days to meet you midweek. Till then, you have a fantastic week, and I'm praying for you. Bye-bye.